anxiety for me, it really is just this baseline, like heightened heightening of like the nervous system or something like that. Like I wake up every morning and I'm just like on and I'm thinking about stuff and I know everybody doesn't work that way. And I'm like, you know, it will be like 30 minutes into the day and I'm over asking my husband, like, have you thought about this? And what, you know, and I'm just like, I'm about this. Like, he's like, uh, I just woke up. Welcome to another episode of what it's like to be you. My name is Josh Levine, your host. Before we get to the interview today with my friend, Emma, I want to make a really important announcement, personal announcement that um, my friend John and I have been working on an Enneagram school and we have officially launched it. It is officially launched, theenneagramschool.com. You can go check it out and read what we've written on our website. There's some fresh content on the Enneagram there. And we have our very first ever class that we're offering this January 19th, which is a Thursday. It's a four Thursdays in a row Zoom class starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And we're gonna be talking about, well, actually we're gonna be, we're gonna be presenting a new uh, fresh perspective on the centers of intelligence and also object relations. And we're also gonna be doing inner work practice together. Um, we're really, really excited about the school. We think that the school, we're hoping for the school to be a place where a community of sincere seekers can come and really learn and take the Enneagram seriously and take their own inner work seriously. And so we're gonna be offering classes like this. Stay tuned for things like retreats or study groups or more. So. Um, if you're interested, check out the school, theenneagramschool.com, and sign up for our class starting this January, in a couple Thursdays, Thursday, January 19th. Okay, to the interview. My guest today is Emma Scott. Emma is a social self-prez, six-wing seven, six-one-two trifix. She is a mom. She's also a professional Enneagram coach, and she also has her own podcast called There Are No Tangents, where she and her friend Lisa discuss topics that go beyond the mundane in an effort to get to the heart of what it means to be human in an unscripted, humorous, and open-hearted way. I loved this conversation with Emma for a lot of reasons. Um, the, my first favorite reason is about 20 minutes into the interview, we have a really interesting discussion around the word people-pleasing. And I think a lot of sixes have a self-concept of being a people-pleaser, but this really interesting tension of being both an attachment type and a reactive type is what we explore, where Emma in her in her uh, <laughs> self-deprecating sense of humor kind of words says that she will go along with what people are wanting, but she'll also throw a stink about it. So we explore people-pleasing a lot, and the conversation itself actually revealed some really important insights for me about the way that we use words um, and how blunt of an instrument language is when we go into describing our inner world. And um, my favorite part about that part of the conversation was actually Emma's openness to inquire into herself in the moment. You actually get to see her incorporate a new insight about herself that is somewhat fundamental um, in real time. And in later in the episode, we talk about what it means to be present in the mental center. And we're kind of, we're both kind of um, groping around in the dark for language around describing that. But actually it occurred to me that uh, Emma demonstrates that really beautifully here in her level of openness to incorporating this insight. A moment that I glossed over in the interview itself that I want to call your attention to is when Emma says that 
she just how important it is for her to be a part of something like this. And I'm calling that out not to um, bring the spotlight back to myself, but to call out how important this emotion is for sixes, the feeling of devotion or of participation in a cause or a, a thing or a project that is bigger than them. And as a three, I always find it so inspiring how sincere this is for sixes. And yeah, just like the actual, how much emotional juice there is there to be, to be involved in something, um, to contribute to something, to participate in something. And so um, I really appreciate Emma for bringing that up and wanted to call it out here. Um, this is a really great interview with, um, with a really lovely Enneagram 6. And so without further ado, please welcome my friend, Emma. Welcome everyone to another interview. I am really excited to be with my new friend, Emma Scott, today. Emma is a type 6 with 7 wing. And actually, why don't you start by just giving us your full typing? Okay. Okay. Um, social self prez six wing seven mm-hmm. trifix six one two. Right. Okay. And yeah, how are you feeling right this moment? Say that again. How are you feeling right this moment? Right at this moment, um, a little bit nervous, a little bit mm-hmm. excited, which is pretty typical for me. Um, yeah, but a little more grounded. Um, after we just got to do our little exercise there. So, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to ask you about your Enneagram origin story in a second, but mm-hmm. what I'd love to do actually is just talk about, um, how we arrived today and, um, what your night was like last night and, oh, <laughs> um, and just the, Here's so I love sixes for how honest they are about their feeling states. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. um, when you showed up, you just admitted admitted right away that you were nervous. And <laughs> um, can you can you talk about your journey leading up to this conversation? Just in the last couple hours. Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah, but you know, if I tell you exactly like how I'm feeling and if I make myself look a little bit vulnerable, like I won't be attacked. Right. So, um, like everybody Mm -hmm. will take it kind of easy on me. Oh, Um, that's fascinating. That's okay. That's, I love that. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, well, I hold myself to such high standards. Um, but if I can kind of be like, oh, I'm nervous, you know, it kind of gives me a little bit of wiggle room in terms of hopefully how people will, um, receive what I'm about uh-huh. to share. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, my, both of my children woke up in the middle of the night last night. And I, so therefore then I ended up being up for like several hours and I was trying to get myself back to sleep because I knew I had this interview today and I'm like, this is so typical, but you know, let it go, ride that line to nine and just let that shit go. Um, and so then, uh-huh. um, yeah, so woke up just feeling a little bit like uh, out of sorts and um, trying to get grounded and, you know, get my mind in the right space for today and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, and also just, I think in that, like it's been, even bringing in the last few weeks, it's just been a lot of stuff going on and a lot of changes and a lot of um, yeah, just a lot of input. 
And so I'm at that point where I can feel like, oh man, I really hope I don't like cry on this episode, you know, just kind of feeling um, slightly emotional in that way as well. But mm-hmm. here we are, we've, we've made it. So well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as I'm concerned, whatever happens is fine. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. Let's talk about your Enneagram origin story. So how did you find it and what drew you to it? And leading up to the moment that I know you just did your official typing with Enneagrammer mm-hmm. and had a little surprise there too, right? With your yeah. one fix. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just take us on the journey. Yeah. Um, well, I probably discovered the Enneagram about seven years ago, but have been seriously, you know, studying it, um, putting it into practice and all those sorts of things for probably the last six years. Mm-hmm. I, um, of course, was introduced, take this quiz, you know, you know, by a friend um, yeah. originally. And I didn't know what it was. So, of course, I took it. And then because I didn't think that was the right type, I took a different one. <laughs> As only a six would. Okay. <laughs> Still didn't get the right type. But um, yeah, but it just, it really fascinated me because I've always been into psychology and that kind of stuff um, and personality and, and all those sorts of things. But there was something about, um, I don't know, just the way that the Enneagram, it kind of holds those parts of ourselves, those shadow sides of ourselves that we may want to keep out of view from ourselves and others. And I really like how it kind of brought those out um, and showed me things about myself that I hadn't realized before. Um, I really liked the way that it kind of helped me to make sense of some of the other relationships in my lives, my life too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just found it's, it's really enhanced my life in a lot of ways, bringing in more compassion again, both for myself and for other people. So yeah. um, Yeah. I've just really, (laughs) what started off as a hobby, people probably felt like I had like a part-time job just in like deep diving the Enneagram, like, you know, reading tons of books and listening to all the podcasts and then having to essentially relearn so much stuff after I found the Enneagram and, um, Uh you know, BHE and all that. So, yeah. So then, um, I guess, is that pretty good? And then I can chat about yeah. the typing revelation. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you were like, you need to, you need to be typed if you're going to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I wanted to do it anyway, but I was stalling. <laughs> I was okay. stalling. So, um, it was, it was the little gentle nudge I needed. I was like, okay, cool. Now I have an excuse to actually do this. Um, so yeah, I got typed and I fully expected it to come back as some variation, maybe not this exact order, but, um, like a Bermuda, like a six, nine, three was mm-hmm. the top. And then, um, it was actually, and I don't know if I'd already done my video at this point. I can't remember the exact timeline, but it was around the time that your type interview, our type two interview had come out with Nicholas. Yeah. And um, I listened to that like three times and I was like, now it makes sense. Cause I was like, something about this is like, 
why is this like really, really hitting home for me? So it was at that point I started to consider maybe a two fix a little bit more strongly. So I wouldn't have been surprised with some combination of two, six, nine or three, six, nine. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it came back as a six, one, two, I was really surprised, um, at the one fix mainly. Yeah. Um, but the two fix a little, um, so, yeah. Uh, what was it about Nicholas's interview that hit you? I, so many, I think I was probably chalking it up to the fact that you all are both, cause he's, is he also social self-pres? He is. Yeah. Okay. And you are as well. I am. And so I was thinking most likely I was like, I think that's probably my stacking. Um, so I was thinking, Oh wow. I'm really resonating with, you know, probably what you all have going on with like instinctually and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know specific. I mean, I do know specifically, but there were so many specific points in that interview that I, I think, and I, you know, I don't know that I could like quote anything he said directly. And he said everything so much, you know, more eloquently than I could ever like relay. But the idea of just feeling as though like you're loving, you're caring, your heart is open when in reality it's, it's kind of untouchable or something like that. Like there was Mm -hmm. something about that Mm -hmm. because even before I heard that interview, this has been like a couple of years ago, I had this sort of I don't want to say vision that makes it sound more like spiritual than it was, but I just had this like image of like, I've, I've always seen myself as very open and very welcoming. Um, I want people to feel welcome and warm and um, at home in my presence. And so I think um, I've also struggled a little bit with like boundaries and the, you know, how you'll hear about boundaries all the time, you know, just being a people pleaser, those sorts of things. So mm-hmm. I think I had this sort of image of like, wow, I think my boundaries out here are really, really diffuse and loose, but mm-hmm. I think the boundary around my heart is like not, it is mm-hmm. steel <laughs> or something like that. Um, and so I brought this up like in a therapy session a few years ago or a couple years ago. And I think my therapist said something like, yeah, it's almost like maybe we need to work on firming up these boundaries and then you can kind of make this boundary a little bit like more diffuse and not so steely. Yeah. Um, So anyway, something about the way he described like his heart um, being touched I think really resonated. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm struck by a couple things, what you're saying. First of all, the, the, um, the distance that you put the body mm-hmm. boundary was out here and the heart boundary was a lot closer to home. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found that interesting mm-hmm. and rings true for me also experientially. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm really curious about your experience as having diffuse, kind of loose body boundaries mm-hmm. um, and the people pleasing nature mm-hmm. and having a one fix instead of a nine fix. Right. So, 
And so I, I wonder, I also notice in your body language, a lot of precise hand movements and a kind of, yeah, you know, this, this move, you know, <laughs> is like happening a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just want to make you as self-conscious as possible now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about, so I, I get why you thought you had a nine fix. And, um, are you convinced that you have a one fix and what does it mean for you and how are you seeing it? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty convinced as convinced as a six can be right. Like, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I'm like 99%. Yeah. I'm 99% there. Cause like, what if, like I could be wrong, right. Sure. Or someone else could be wrong, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely see it more. And it is, I think it has a lot to do with what you were just describing. Like when I went back to watch like after I got my typing back and then I was like, let me see why they saw the one, you know, and I watched my video <laughs> uh, and it was, I was like, dit, 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 like <laughs> uh, um, and so I was like, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with, I can see the one more in, I was talking to a friend about this recently and I was like, okay, I, as like six wing seven, and I'm also a Gemini, which I don't really totally know what that means, but I do know it means they can be very blah, 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 verbose, right? Okay. Um, I'm kind of like, blah, blah, blah. but the one fix is like, I want to say it just this way though. You have all these things, but you need to say it this way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I will do that um, even in like coaching sessions when as, as the client or in therapy sessions where I'm like, So it's like, and I have to pause and I have to get it just right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always being told, like, just say it. Like, just we'll figure it out. Just put it out there. And I'm like, well, but I want to say it in the right way so that you, so here's where the people pleasing comes in. Because if I say it in such a way that it's not exactly the way um, I want that person to receive it, potentially to see me for me to be represented and it doesn't come out right, Mm -hmm. then I might be giving that person access to, um, they're going to make assumptions about me now. Um, they might judge me now. They may think something about me that's not true and I might end up being misunderstood. Um, so it's like, if I can manipulate and kind of, form the exact way I want to say something or whatever, I can almost manipulate the emotional response of the other person because I want to, I don't want a disruption in the relationship. Yeah. And I'm, I'm struck by, I mean, so you talk a lot with your hands and a lot. Yeah. It's bad. And, I, and I am really struck by the definitiveness and the precision of your motions. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a, mm-hmm. Let's see if I can articulate this. I experience your verbal processing happening in the style of six, where you're considering possibilities, you're trying, you're searching for the answer, you're kind of figuring it out on the fly. Mm-hmm. But there's a way that your body language is constraining mm-hmm. it within a certain yeah. kind of, it's like mm-hmm. lines or boxes, you know, and things go in acupuncture precision places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that really, that really rings true. And I knew I was a hand talker, 
but mm. it wasn't until I put the one fix lens on it that I realized how much I do just what you just described. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I thought I was like a nine wing one. Um, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I have other questions too about how your one fix operates more globally in your life, not just in terms of your verbal processing or the way that you articulate yeah. yourself, but I want to table that for a second. Can you, I, I, I am really interested in the way you're using the word people pleasing because I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways to be a people pleaser. Yeah. And the word people pleasing is one of those blunt um, catch all words yes. that um, is just, it needs to be unpacked in the, cause there, you can relate to the word people pleasing from a lot of different type perspectives. Yes, absolutely. So what yeah. does it mean for you when you were, when you are, or you have been a people pleaser? Um, I think it has to do with, of course, I'm trying to think of the exact right way to word this. Um, to a, okay, bringing it out wider in a more general sense, it is sort of the idea that that person's needs, goals, wants take precedent over mine. So in that sense, that's like more of the broader way it might show up in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but like a little bit more specifically would be, um, it's, people pleasing but it is and i could probably done in that six way of like not wanting to receive any kind of backlash or something like that if that makes sense um so again if i can show up perfectly and i don't really mean that because i don't think there's but if I can show up as the best version of me, if I can um, make sure I'm kind of catering to what that other person would want or expect from me, then they will be pleased, hopefully, right? And that's my mindset. I don't know that, I mean, you can't have everyone like you, but- and Give I don't an know. example. So, yeah, like, I keep talking about therapy, but I, I, that's just, um, that's one place that I've, I feel like I've noticed it showing up and it should not be there. <laughs> like, okay, this is good. Yeah. 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 Like, um, or even co whatever, somewhere where I'm like a client but as a coach myself, I'm like, if I bring up this stuff, it's troubling me or I'm, I'm struggling with whatever. Mm -hmm. That person might form an opinion about me. Like, why is she a coach? She's not cut out to be a coach. Clearly you have a lot more issues to work through. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, I am, as you said, 
in the beginning just like I want to be like, here's what it is, blah. But sometimes there is still a level deeper, you know, um, that because I can be so guarded and because I am trying to see if I can trust this person, mm-hmm. I may not fully open up to. And so that's kind of an example that I can think of just trying to be, um, kind of seen in a, in a certain, in a certain way so that yeah. I'm not judged or whatever. That's, I, I like the story, but I don't quite get how that's people pleasing or how are you, is that, is that your, are you calling that a people pleasing story? Um, kind of. Um, okay. and it may not be like, that may not be a very good example, um, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so that might be something different, but well, uh, let me, uh, my interpretation of it is that you're, actually, let me put it this way. Uh, when you use the word people pleasing, I was thinking that you, it would be something on, in the direction of, oh, well, you know, I don't. Uh, like if your husband has um, a desire for something, then you mm-hmm. sacrifice your own desires. Uh, like he wants to mm-hmm. watch this movie and you are like, okay, well, we'll just do that. Or, mm-hmm. um, or um, you go out of your way in a two sense to um, predict and fulfill mm-hmm. needs of your kids or people in your life. Mm-hmm. That would be another way of people pleasing. Um, I To get to people pleasing through the story that you said, it would, mm-hmm. I guess I would say something like, um, that felt almost more three to me in the sense of like, you're trying to present an image of yourself that is um, in a in a light that um, you're unassailable, um, you know, or that your yeah. character is, um, you're, you're competent and you're, you're not presenting a side of yourself that could be questioned as a, like, oh, you're a bad coach by mm-hmm. a person who's like technically a colleague or a peer in your profession, but you're mm-hmm. approaching them as a client. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I don't quite get how, I, I guess that's my question is how are you using the word pleasing? Like, is that, is that pleasing them or is it well, something right. else? I, I like assume that it is, I guess that I could probably come up with a better example, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, yes, in terms of like, sacrificing my what I want and just say like just to go along with like maybe what other people would want I will say I have done that but maybe that's what um now that you say it it's like maybe that is why I don't have a nine fix right like maybe that would be what distinguishes because it is less about how about this like I will sometimes go along with what somebody else would prefer or want, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to make a stink about it. Like <laughs> I will. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, there you go. This like, is, a, this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a good illustration of a one fix showing up too. What, what um, kind of stink do you, what does it mean to make a stink? <laughs> um, just vocalizing why I don't like this particular setup. Like, you know, it's like, and because again, as a, okay, from a six point of view, if I've already like, 
I know what's happening today. I've planned, I've prepared for this thing. This is the way that it's going to go. And then the plan changes. I'm like, okay, I know the plan just needs to change and I need to just be able to adapt or whatever. And like, that's how it has to be, you know, in a lot of situations. So, you know, we're um, going out about our day. I've got my plans for the day. And then this has happened recently, like my daughter's soccer practice. Um, sometimes she'll practice here locally and sometimes she'll practice about 30 minutes away. And so there was an instance recently where my husband texted and was like, you know, the, the practice got moved from our town to the other town yeah, for this evening. But I already had stuff that I had planned to be able to do that night. Uh-huh. And he was going to take her, come back and mow. He's like, well, I still need to mow, so I'll need you to take her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like I can't. Like, you know, um, in that situation, I was like, I can't. <laughs> um, this is the way that things have to proceed for the day. But uh-huh. in other instances, if I am able to adapt, I will. So maybe we've realized I'm not a people pleaser after all. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really, that was a very interesting journey on the word people pleasing here. It feels, yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't think you are. <laughs> This is perfect right here. This is so funny. Could uh-huh. you have to give me an example? And I'm like, um, I don't know, but like <laughs> my therapist told me I was, right? So it's like yeah. me taking the authority uh-huh. and her being like, you have all these tendencies. And I'm just like, oh yeah, I guess I do. You know? Uh-huh. That's it. okay. That's that's interesting right there. Mm-hmm. So What's happening for you right this moment with respect to this word? People are like, are you, is this changing your perception of yourself and like a sense of, I'm like, well, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to explore this. Maybe I'm not, I don't want to be okay. Like, you know, so maybe Uh I'm not, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really like, (laughs) I'm going to hop off this call and then I'm going to think of 10 examples of how I've people pleased or whatever, but um, no, I am like thinking of it a little bit, a little bit differently. So, yeah. I'm fascinated by this. So <laughs> part, uh, let's see, uh, some language I have around it. It's like, it, it could be that you, so yeah, so your therapist told you to be a pleaser. You took that on as a, as a truth or you swallowed mm-hmm. it as a, a whole, as mm-hmm. a truth. And you shifted your um, self-interpretation from this point of view. Mm-hmm. And um, now that we're unpacking it, it's coming to light that maybe actually you're not really doing that much to please people, but you have a self-image, or up until this point, you've had a self-image mm-hmm. yeah. of um, being a person who people pleases in, in, in the way that you were defining it. Mm-hmm. And let me just pause for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
I know a six who's very close to me, whose identity I'm not going to reveal. <laughs> um, but this person had a sense of herself as being a person who over-adapted to other people. Hmm. And um, when I learned that that's how she thought about herself, I was really surprised because my experience of her was that she was, uh, and she's by the way, 613. Um, mm -hmm. My experience of her was that actually she was really not adaptive <laughs> at all um, <laughs> and was uh, the kind of person who um, would, it was like she wasn't aware of yeah. her own, of, of the space that she was taking up with her own uh, stink throwing. <laughs> you know, or, um, <laughs> she had a sense of herself as as um, small, and yeah. and and yeah. Yeah. I'm the person who has to work around all these other people. Mm -hmm. But it was like um, there was so much pressure inside her that if something mm -hmm. poked her in the wrong way or somebody expressed a preference that wasn't something that she liked, it was like we were gonna hear about it. Mm -hmm. No, um, but for years she had this self-image of as a person who's like, oh no, I'm the person who has to like adapt to everyone else, mm. and so I wonder if something like that's going on here for you. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm like very, very aware that I'm like, oh my god, everybody's gonna hate me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's really endearing that you're having this moment right now. I mean. <laughs> self-reckoning <laughs> yeah like you're telling this story and i'm going oh shit like um but yeah i think like even the image that came to me this is the way i've thought about it before like i've said this to people mm -hmm. i'm like i feel like you get to be the rock and i have to be the water yeah. that flows around the rock yeah 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 that's how i feel but um, and maybe I do, but maybe it is a little bit more of that resentful accommodation if, you know, and I will accommodate. I love it. Yes. Resent. I love that phrase. Resentful accommodation. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So, you know, because it's not that I'm like, no, we're not, you know, it, I will do that sometimes or whatever. If I feel like, yeah, it, this isn't right. Or this is a boundary issue or this per no, like, but you know, at the same time, I, I do, I am a six. And so I do value like my relationships, attachments to fix relationships are very, very important to me. And so I don't want a disruption in those. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is, um, yeah, this isn't how this is going to go down. Or if it goes down, I'll make your life miserable. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm making myself sound amazing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Can you say more about so th this phrase, resentful accommodation? It's so good, mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of attachment types will are, are going to relate to that phrase. Yeah. But the way that a six does that is really different from how a nine and a three does that, in my view, because they're an emotional realist type. Yeah. And so, if you're accommodating someone and being resentful of it as you're saying, the other person's mm -hmm. going to hear about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's not going to, uh, you're still going to have a self image of a person who's like, Oh God, I have to adapt. To but, yeah. but, um, 
what's coming out of you verbally and energetically is like some form of frustration or disappointment or yeah something like that yeah and also i really want to be clear am i projecting based on my experience with this other person or is this true for you well um <laughs> as we found out i'm like taking this in going yep that sounds right but who knows maybe i'll change my mind once we hop off but no it is resonating uh -huh. it really really okay. is um yeah i think i don't i don't know i think i don't want it to be true or something so right. um but that doesn't make it not true so how you know one thing that i'm potentially concerned might be happening is and i don't know if this is you have to check with yourself is like the, in the same way that when your therapist said you're a people pleaser right. and you were like, oh yeah, that's true about me. Yeah. Could it be that the same dynamic is happening in this conversation? Well, it could be. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. And yeah. here's the thing. So backing up to the therapist thing, I will say like, if you break it down and boil it down, yeah, it, that's exactly what happened. But in like the moment, you know, where she wasn't like, you're a people pleaser, but she was like, it sounds like you're just doing some people pleasing or something like that. I and see. Okay. And she has said, and you've had a pattern of that. You know, you come in, you say this, da, 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 da. And that mm -hmm. seems like what's happening. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not just like, oh, you're right. You know, I'm like, oh. yeah, I'm like, am I? And I'll question it and I'll wonder about it. Because, you know, I'm not just going to totally take on. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. What people say, um, because trust, but, but I am going to consider it. So, you know, and as hearing her give explicit examples of how it's showing up and I'm going, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't go back home and like research the definition of people pleasing and say, well, t technically that's not, you know, I was just like, yeah. You know, I guess at the end of the day, I was like, either way, this is some jacked up dynamic happening. Um, that type of thing. But yeah, so I didn't immediately like swallow that hole, I would say. Yeah. But as you, you know, I just said like, oh yeah, I can people please. And then we've realized like, maybe that's not really what's happening. So in terms of like, no, I definitely resonated with the story that you shared about that person. Um, and that's why I'm like, Maybe I should say I don't resonate so I don't come across <laughs> looking like, <laughs> you know, however. Um, but I do. I do resonate with that. Yeah. Um, this, I think it's really important, the distinction you're making about not swallowing something whole. And actually, you know, I think this is a big misunderstanding about sixes or a point of confusion. Yeah. Where the idea of six being called the loyalist or six not trusting the inner guidance and um, trusting what an authority figure says, it feels like the, the mechanism by which a six takes in and then incorporates an insight into their worldview and map of reality is a lot more complicated than just an authority figure said that I trust said this and therefore now I believe it. it right. It's like it runs up again or has to run through some inner testing mechanism or mm -hmm. evidentiating process mm -hmm. where like, so as you said, your therapist said you might be a people pleaser and then she marshaled a couple of stories for you to consider. And then you went home and you kind of considered it. And at a certain point it settled in as like, all right, yeah, this is now my self-concept because yeah. you kind of like got there yourself. Yeah. Um, right. 
but it was a bit of a dance between being prompted by someone considering it mm -hmm. um from maybe a bunch of different angles i imagine you had a yeah. number of conversations not just the one with your therapist mm -hmm. um yeah absolutely yeah, yeah i think that i think you said so i don't remember the exact phrase but you mentioned something about like evidence you know yes. and that that's evidence. really that's really true like that's probably a really good six word there evidence yeah it is yeah. and um because this is hypothetical obviously like if she had said well you know you're a people pleaser and i would have been like really like how so and if she was like you just are i can i can spot it when i see it i would have been like you can't even tell you know what i mean like right. i need to know why um so mm -hmm. yeah i don't um take just like a claim like well this is just what it is mm -hmm. i like to be able to yeah find proof of it or evidence against or whatever um mm -hmm. yeah but yeah definitely the idea of I do like to consider a lot of different options and angles and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about your experience of planning for things? And mm -hmm. I'd love to make this really specific about like, you chose not to plan for this conversation, mm -hmm. as you said to me before we started talking. Mm -hmm. And I love that you did that. And I would love to know what kind of thought process went into the decision not to plan. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I call that out because other types might not have even considered the idea of planning and not, it wouldn't have been a decision to plan or not plan. Yeah. But there, um, that wasn't really an option for you. There's either, it's a, it's going to be a choice either way, whether you do or don't in a sense. Yes. Yeah. It feels like everything's a decision and everything's like a bigger problem than it needs to be, right? Like, um, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so, but yeah, in terms of like, yeah, this conversation and the, I think, well, partly I have got the knowledge of having watched the other interviews and seeing how at least from my perspective, you know, I didn't know how exactly how they worked, but it seemed as though the questions would just sort of arise organically, more or less. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, there would be people have to kind of think about it, or it would just kind of go here and kind of go there. And so at that point, you know, I started to think, well, this is probably not something I would be able to even plan for. Um, but there is, you know, as I said to you a while back, it's like, you know, this, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get emotional, but I'd like to be a part of something, you know, like this project you're doing. And, um, I don't know if you call it a project, but you know, um, I don't know. It's like, it was really important to me and I really wanted to like represent the type well and be able to speak to things clearly so that it would like illuminate new ideas for people or at least be able like even though I'm show you know I'm like like they're like oh yeah that's a six wing seven you know whatever like being able to you know kind of represent the type well 
And so um, there was a little bit of that fear of like, well, I probably need to make sure that I have different, you know, ideas I could say or different examples. But you can't, if you know that the questions are just going to arise organically, you can't really do that. There are Mm -hmm. no pre-questionnaire thing, like come prepared to talk about X, Y, or Z. So really the best, in terms of preparation, the best thing I could do was just to really try to like, be like, okay, I'm just going to really try to be present, which can be very hard for me. Um, But yeah, so that was, um, that was a struggle. I was, it was nerve wracking for sure. Feeling like, I don't know exactly where this is going to go, how I'm going to come across um yeah all that stuff but yeah the sense of i liked your phrase um everything is a bigger problem than it needs to be um (laughs) yeah can you just say more about that and what what makes that so And, and i'll just tell you my experience of you right now is that you're doing a lovely job. You're just, you're mm-hmm. here. We are flowing this conversation. We've, I have no idea where this conversation is going. Yeah. Um, we arrived at this people pleasing thing, which was really fascinating. And now we're exploring this idea of planning, which arose yeah. in me totally organically in the moment. Yeah. And um, is this, when you say everything is a bigger problem than it needs to be, my experience of you in this moment is that that whatever mechanism that, is on that makes problems bigger than they need to be isn't really on right now yeah let me sit with that for a second because i don't want to just like yeah um yeah maybe it's on one level just i don't know we're already here we're you know, kind of in this flow or whatever. And so, um, no, I don't feel as though I'm making things a problem. I think, you know, and that is one thing about sixes, right? Like when you're actually in the moment, it's okay. <laughs> you're fine. Right, like you're right, right here. Yeah. Um, what I'll have to watch out for is the rest of the day after we log off and wondering, should I have, I should have said that. I should have said that differently. I should have, whatever. Um, and, and it's not a pro, it's not a problem right now. So why would it be a problem later? But my, mm-hmm. my brain just wants to find that so it can be working on something. Um, okay. Right. Yeah. And can we get more texture around what it means to make something a bigger problem that needs to be quote unquote. I, I feel like actually what I want to do is um, I want to call out that I think that even that statement itself is a really classic example of a six form of self-deprecation, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um I, I, anyway, I get the spirit. I get the spirit of what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I would love to know more. I would love to have more texture around what it means to make some to make something a problem, or for a thing to become a bigger problem than it is, and what you mean by the word problem. Hmm. Yeah. So, 
well, okay, in the silly example I provided earlier about like my daughter's soccer practice getting moved, for instance, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is going to impact how the rest of the night goes and it's going to impact what I thought was going to happen. And it's going to impact where my attention needs to be. And I don't want to give that attention. Like, and so it, in my mind, that feels like a problem. Whereas I, it's my understanding. And cause I have people like this in my life who are just like, I mean, they may be like, ah, oh, shit, that sucks. All right. Well, let's change it up. And I'm, I'm just like, no, this like, it, you know, making that, that would be like a problem. Right in um concrete terms or um i mean just anything because i'm all i guess the quicker that i can resolve the problem so with like the podcast i was telling you about that i started with my friend yeah um oh my god like i don't i've had to edit and i don't know what i'm doing like i don't know what i am doing and so it she had already learned some of the things for that. And she's a little bit better at picking up on the technical skills. And so I was trying to follow what she told me to do. And this thing wasn't working and it didn't need to work right then. It, we could have handled it like next week. I could have said, forget it. I'll lay it down. But I was like, I have to figure this out and I have to fix it right now or my mind won't rest. And so um, like that felt like a problem that I needed to fix. Whereas Mm -hmm. when I presented it to her, she's just like, it's fine. Like we'll do it. You know? And I'm like, it's not fine. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's what I mean by like my perception of what's a problem feels different sometimes than what other people perceive to be a problem. It's almost like, It's like you're going through life trying to get all of life's chaotic, irregular puzzle pieces to fit together. And once they click into place, it's like, ah, mm-hmm. sigh of relief. So like once you've scheduled out your day mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, this is how it's going to go. It's like, ah, okay, that's how, that's how it's going to be. And then all of a sudden somebody comes in and screws it up <laughs> by moving your daughter's soccer practice half hour away. Mm-hmm. And so the puzzle pieces now have changed shape and they don't fit together in the same way. And so there's there, it's like it introduces mm-hmm. ripples and unsmoothness and stuff like that. And the problem arises to get it back to a state of fitting together. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a similar sense, the, like it's the same problem or you could characterize the editing of the podcast in a really similar way mm-hmm. in the sense that a problem is arising here, like some puzzle piece that doesn't actually quote unquote have urgency right now in the grand scheme of things, but because the puzzle isn't fitting together, mm-hmm. then it requires my attention. Yes. Yes. And so I really like actually this, this framing of sixness as, as a form of, as problem solving as a way of being. Mm-hmm. Is that something, do you relate to that? Is that too strong of a statement or? Um, I do. It, it doesn't feel like that's what's, I don't consciously think that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like as I'm going through my day. Yeah. Yeah. It's an abstraction. Yeah. I do think 
peeling it back, that is what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of times, like, this amplification of the problem is really reflective of what's going on with me internally. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. So like if I'm feeling all gravy, you know, and I'm like feeling confident that day or relaxed that day or which doesn't happen often, by the way. Um, but like, whatever, um, the problem seems smaller. Um, versus mm -hmm. when I'm, my nervous system's off or, um, you know, for whatever reason, I'm like kind of stressed out or whatever it's then the problems, even though they, though they may be small, objectively, they feel really big. So, yeah. 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 So what helps you? Um, I guess it kind of would depend on what's going on. Um, but probably there's something about physically changing locations um, that can reset or something. So like sometimes I just, you know, when I work from home, I might not like leave the house aside from taking my walk or grab the mail or whatever, you know, I'm just in my, and that can start to really impact me. So changing it up, getting a, mm -hmm. getting a change of scenery, even though I am kind of like a creature of habit and this is what I want to do it, all my stuff's here. But if I can maybe get out and go work at a coffee shop for the day or, um, or yeah, even just stepping outside, if I've been inside, um, definitely, you know, and just other things like getting any way I can get into my body is always good. So I really like yoga and, um, and walking, as I've mentioned, things like that. So that's mm -hmm. always really helpful. Um, I know journaling is quite helpful and it's been a really big benefit to me to get all of the thoughts here onto paper. But sometimes the act of journaling, it, it's like aggravating to me. Um, so I'll even like voice memo myself, like uh -huh. verbally put it out there yeah, and verbally process it versus like writing it. Why is writing frustrating or aggravating? Um, I don't know if it's because I'm being forced to like slow down or um, maybe because my thoughts go quicker than my pin can yeah write. that makes sense yeah so that's frustrating yeah okay. right can you talk about your experience of anxiety and how you relate to that word it's you know, it's a really six word and mm -hmm. i'm in my conversation with mary i was just mm -hmm. uh, i kind of the word anxiety opened up for me in a way that i um mm -hmm. i'm still wrestling with in a sense what it is and it, yeah. can you, yeah, anyway, what, what texture do you have around it? Well, I 
That's a, that's a really hard question. I'll do my best to answer that. I think it's because um, it's kind of the, you know, water I'm swimming in. <laughs> um, so it's hard to fully define it. But my, my personal experience of it, um, and this is probably why I did not relate to being a six early on. Um, I thought it was probably one of the types that I was least likely to be. Interesting. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, it, I read it and I thought, hmm, not that one, you know? Um, and I think a lot of it was because the description was assigning like, oh, worst case scenario of thinking, like all of that. And I, I guess I wouldn't have thought of it like that. I hadn't developed enough of like an inner practice to like observe myself doing that or whatever. Yep. Um, so up to that point, and even now, really, I feel like anxiety for me shows up more. It does show up more in my body. Like I don't, I, I know that I obviously must have thoughts, right? Like I must, I have a lot of thoughts, but like when it comes to worry, for instance, like I don't feel like I'm, oh, I don't know. I'm worrying. I'm worrying. I'm just thinking about this thing. I can't, da, 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 da. Yep. I don't, I will do that on occasion, but I just don't really perceive it to be that way. Anxiety for me, mm. it really is just this baseline, like, heightened heightening of like the nervous system or something like that. Like I wake up Mm -hmm. every morning Mm -hmm. and I'm just like on and I'm thinking about stuff and I know everybody doesn't work that way. And I'm like, you know, it will be like 30 minutes into the day and I'm over asking my husband, like, have you thought about this? And what, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. About this. Like, he's like, uh, I just woke up. <laughs> I'm like, you don't want to talk about like all of this amazing stuff. Like, drink your coffee, let's talk. You know, but like, it's just, yeah, I'm just right there. Even though I'm tired, you know, maybe my kids kept me up or whatever. I'm tired, but it, it's just this like little bit of elevated um, elevation in my nervous system is kind of how I feel the anxiety on a day to day. One thing that really strikes me about this is how your your body can be in a state of exhaustion or just waking up, but your mind, it's like there there's a different engine mm-hmm. existing at the level of the mental sensor mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can be on and revving mm-hmm. irrespective of what's going on in the body in a sense. Like they're, you know, there's a yeah. way that they can, they can be disconnected. Yeah, absolutely. maybe maybe that's one way to of defining in a workforce or one way to frame it is to connect right. them. But but it's like you're 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 woke up, you're tired, and mm-hmm. your mental center is mm-hmm. already operating at a hundred percent or one hundred and ten percent. And what's happening? You're you're noticing things that you haven't thought of before, or. Mm-hmm. Um, things catch your attention that Mm -hmm. all of a sudden urgently require more Mm -hmm. of your attention and, and it just begins spinning. Is that Mm -hmm. a fair characterization how it works? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, that's what it feels like. And it's going to be different day to day, but, and again, it's like, it's that whole, like, energy is going to follow attention thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know what I want to give my energy to. Um, and if, if I'm like really, um, especially like when I'm excited about something, you know, I'll just, that's when a lot of like, I'll have like ideas, um, or whatever spark up. And it's not necessarily the most convenient time because I need to get kids out the door to go to school or I should maybe be a little more present as a mom or something like that. But I'm like, but this is when, like, I just, you know, I want to write this down or I want to go ahead and craft this, um, craft this thing for a project I'm working on or whatever. Um, yeah, you did, you characterize that well. Can you talk about what's hard about setting that pattern down or settling that pattern in order to be present with your kids or what it means for you mm-hmm. to be present with your kids that is, mm-hmm. um, in contrast to that pattern or does that, does that pattern sometimes serve you in being present with your kids or is it a problem or, um, that's a good question. Um, of course I'm immediately thinking how it could be a problem and what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, but as with anything in life and the Enneagram, it's like, well, it's probably both. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But immediately I'm thinking about it as a problem. Um, because I don't, I don't know if this is like all of the super ego sludge <laughs> and all of those fixes or whatever, but uh-huh. I definitely have an expectation of how I should show up. Yeah. How I want to show up, how I would mm-hmm. prefer to show up. And then there's reality. And so, um, and it's almost like, you know, setting this really, really high expectation um, or what it doesn't really feel that it's high um, or that it's too lofty, but you know, it keeps that pattern going of feeling like, you know, it, it continues to help me beat up on myself. I'm going to keep beating up on myself because I'm not being as present as I would like. Um, and again, sometimes it is also goes back to that creating a problem where there is none. I'm thinking I should be doing this or I did da 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 Meanwhile, like the kids are fine. You know, it's not like they're like, mommy, mommy, pay attention to me. And I'm like, get away. You know? Um, Although sometimes mm-hmm. I can do that, but so it's a little bit of both of those things. Like I'm making it a problem, even though it's not a problem. I'm setting the bar really high and feeling like I'm not quite meeting it. Um, but yeah, it is like, especially if it's the creative spark that's going and not just like that rumination, but if it's like this, this is a new idea or this is a whatever, um, I feel like if I like let that go to be more present, it's going to go away. It's like off in the ether and I've lost that. Um, so, but that's not as important to me as my children, do you know? But sometimes I act as though it is if I'm not as present as I want to be. Oh yeah. You know, one thing that's, 
coming up for me right now is a, re a genuine curiosity about what it means to be present with someone, especially in the context of parent, like what it means to be present with your child mm -hmm. from the point of view of each of the centers. So like there's, there's a way that we could be listening at a body level in the sense of just responding to each other's energy. And that's, mm -hmm. you could break into the social instinct to that. Like I'm experiencing just your energy right now and it's having an impact on me and there's an exchange going on at a body mm -hmm. level. And mm -hmm. there's a way that we could be present to that, which has a way of when we are present to that deepening our mm -hmm. moment in the moment connection. Mm -hmm. and then there's a heart way of being present, like, a way of just receiving and mm -hmm. receiving the gaze, like you mm -hmm. receiving my gaze upon you and me receiving your gaze upon me and us being mm -hmm. connected in a, mm -hmm. in a way that's mutually valuing from the heart yeah. center. Mm -hmm. And then there's the mental center, which I think what I'm getting at is like, I'm aware of the mental center being in a lot of spiritual circles generally shat upon <laughs> by like the mind is, you know, it's characterized often by, yeah it's kind of dismissed it's like the mind is the monkey mind yeah. and you know if you're pre like if you and i are present together and we're thinking about a lot of stuff and there's a way that there's that's characterized as not presence yeah so i'm thinking about presence in the mental sensor you and me right now as like it could be even that moments of this conversation have embodied that in the sense that we're just staying present to what insights are genuinely arising as opposed to um mm -hmm. I don't know, being distracted by other symbolic reality or hmm. um, yeah, me being like, it'd be one thing for me to ask you a question about like, Oh, what's going on? Like what's in that picture frame behind you? Or like, why'd you put that mirror there? Sure. Or like, you know, yeah. But to be present to what's arising in you as uh, from a mental place. So I don't, I don't know. Cause I've never thought about it before. So it's like, I don't have a, file for that or whatever but just based on like your description maybe it would be that because I know you can listen and hear on all different ways right but mm -hmm. maybe it is something about truly hearing what's being said and what's real versus yeah. me projecting a new meaning on something that's not there or something. I love it. I love that. Like that. I, I think you nailed it. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. So given what you just said, is that available to you um, on a regular basis with your kids or yeah. with, with people who are important to you? Is that a way that, or do you consider that a kind of superpower that you have as a six? I would have said superpower, but I like that. So yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to like, I got to redeem myself here. Okay. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that is available to me. I, and more and more, um, maybe the older I get and the more I practice that, um, probably wouldn't have been as, as available um, before I worked with a little more because what my mind wants to do is to project things. And um, 
to make sto- make up stories and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think that it is. How, how do you know when you're projecting stories or what is it? What does that mean for you? It, or I wonder if you have an example or like the, really experientially the difference between what it's like when you're projecting mental content onto a person or situation versus receiving in a present way what's really here. Uh, Um, well, one example would be like, okay, so there's like the, the thing the person says, these are the words that came out of their mouth, Mm -hmm. but based on so many different variables, how I'm feeling that day, um, my are the the current relationship I have with that person is it rocky is it not rocky whatever um <clears throat> I could probably make meaning out of the words that they're saying that aren't that's it's not true that's not really there sure um yeah. so um you're just making up stories um I'm noticing the time and I'm wondering if there's anything that we haven't covered that you want to touch on? I don't think so. Um, No, I don't think so. This has been really fun. Um, I hope it doesn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) She said like a six. Can you, um, yeah. What has this been like for you? Um, I don't like it's, I don't know. It's been really exciting. It's been very, I've really enjoyed like, you know, like being able to talk with somebody else who is really well versed in like the Enneagram and yeah, being able to kind of play with different ideas and things and consider new options for myself. Like, um, yeah, it's been, I don't know. It's been really fun. Um, so cool. Um, thank you for doing this and for, I, I really appreciate your, that whole thing about people pleasing was so cool. Cause <laughs> yeah, I got to, I got to see you in real time incorporate a new insight about yourself yeah Um, yeah yeah so thanks for just doing that in real time and being willing to expose yourself like that oh yeah well you're welcome thank you for having me yeah okay